Hey everybody, we're back. Thanks for listening again to These Are Bad Movies. I'm Amy Bell. I'm Amanda Ferriante, and I think gratitude at this stage is a little early. They haven't really listened to it yet. Well, they're here now. Also, uh, thanks for coming in and engaging on our social media. It's a lot of fun to talk to people after they listen, so keep doing that. Yeah, Amy's always like all bright and chipper after someone leaves a comment, so... It's, it does make my day. It come, does. Yeah. Come come leave a comment and I'll talk. Um, even if even if we talk on other sites of social media. Yeah. She, she, I really get a kick out of talking on the podcast site. So yes. come on over. Let's chat. Do it. And in the meantime, would you like to divulge the movie we're watching today? We are going to watch Armageddon. Yay. Have you seen it? Yes. Many times. Many times. Many times. I think I've seen it many times, too, and uh, never liked it. My family owned it on DVD. That does not surprise me. Little does (laughs) when it comes to these movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I do have to say, I never liked the movie because of what I think was um, a culture of fat shaming. Yeah, I think I recall that being in there. That you wouldn't. So, no. Well, no. Here's what happened. Like they definitely said something about somebody's body in that movie. Here's here's what happened. I, um, like many kids my age, uh, and and older and younger, were kind of taught that fat equaled bad, and that fat was really negative and gross i mean all kinds of really awful uh ideas about people's bodies right Uh uh-huh and so there was a commercial that was supposed to be funny because there was a fat man dancing and they were dancing to an aerosmith song and i thought it was really gross that they were like it was supposed to be the commercial funny. was like for I was this very, movie I, no, or no, no, there no. was an Aerosmith song and it was in this movie and you're like, that's connected. Yes. Oh my word. Yes. Yo. Cause I was a kid when I saw it you- and like, like all the things that connected uh, and like my, the, my bad taste for this movie may have been affected by um, cultural, like institutionalized fat shaming. And I don't know that you my can... childhood response to that. Okay, but based on what you've just said, <laughs> uh, this no, not valid. I invalidate you for that. Well, that's why watching it now, like maybe I can find a better reason to not like this movie. Yes, you will. Than the fact that there was an Aerosmith song playing. And this song also is Aerosmith yeah, songs. Appar- and the whole band Aerosmith was ruined by this one commercial that was ruined by um, society's really bad take on bodies. Yeah, Aerosmith makes your eyes go red and something. Yikes. No. Invalidated. <laughs> you will find better actual no, I hope so. I hope so because like <laughs> um coming to the realization like that's one of those unpacking things 
like figuring out what kind of internalized messed up stuff you grew up with gotta go real deep with aerosmith and figure it out yeah um this was one of those movies where i realized oh maybe i it wasn't that i didn't like that movie maybe it was that i had some really weird issues taught to me about like body image and me being an extra kid went a little far with that and this movie (laughs) suffered from my really misplaced uh social misplaced i don't i like i don't even know uh, know how to describe the layers of that should never have happened (laughs) (laughs) i feel like this conversation should have never happened like i'm well this is i've i've aged (laughs) um my crops are now unwatered well i just wanted people to know that i don't always like I wasn't born with a good take, yo, okay? No, like, that takes work. It takes that work, has become right? clear over the course of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm sure it has. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, okay, so just for... Don't cl- mess kids up with your like body shaming nonsense. They, they internalize that. They do stuff. Oh, they take it out on rock bands. Um, <laughs> have and you- themselves, okay? Have Let's you- be real. Have you seen it as an adult? Uh, maybe, but it would have been one of those, I want to fall asleep type of deals. So I probably didn't like even engage with even movies. You don't want to fall asleep during. It's sort of like, maybe I saw it. Maybe I didn't. So we'll find out. Yeah. Well, I know I've watched Aerosmith. Like, oh, you've watched Aerosmith. Aerosmith. (laughs) Aerosmith? Do you see how much Aerosmith? Do you see how much I conflate Armageddon and Aerosmith? They're the same thing in my brain still. I'm having to untangle this. Okay, it's like a trigger word for you. It is. Whoa, whoa. So, we're going to watch it and find new reasons to not like it because I am still quite sure it's a bad movie. I will find probably the same old reasons, just with more education. (laughs) i've grown well i'm excited to find any reason to not like this movie (laughs) i i can give you one right now amy no 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 save it no 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 it should be obvious what michael bay oh that's all it took okay all right well at least I'm going to start disliking it for the right reasons mm-hmm. now. And I, I'm feeling good about this. Like, this no, is a positive no, experience. No, no, no. There are plenty of right reasons. <laughs> there are plenty of actual reasons. <laughs> we should watch it, though. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, we're back. We watched it. It was fun. Was it? <laughs> I, I laughed. <laughs> It was fun to see everyone respond to it. I guess so. I I uh, I still hate the movie, and it wasn't because of some internalized uh, body shaming that I got in childhood. Yeah, although there was there body, was a lot of body shaming like, in this movie though like, too. You didn't believe but it was me. Not associated with the body no, no, shaming no. that I thought might have played a role. Yes, but ye of little faith. I know. I know. I mean, the thing is, is that when I first watched this movie and I I had seen it multiple times, I really wasn't giving it a chance. And today I really gave it a chance it, <laughs> it, to the uh, to the point of 
when I first saw that it was Billy Bob Thornton and, you know, remembered that it was Bruce Willis and... And they've, they're great in Bandits together. Oh, I just was like, oh, this is, this is going to be a fun movie. I'm going to enjoy this. I love watching these actors. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's tons of, of big name actors in this. They got Bruce Willis. They got Billy Bob Thornton. They got Steve Buscemi. They got Ben Affleck. They got Liv... Tyler and a bunch of other people. Yeah. It's a huge uh, ensemble cast. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. I forgot about Owen Wilson. <laughs> yeah. But no. Oh, no. For the love of God, no. Yeah. Well, I can go over some, some background and plot and stuff. All right. Well, let, I think we can do a little bit of a shorter plot. So I'm going to... No, I, 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 I wrote it out, Amy. Oh, my gosh. How much plot do we need to give this thing? It's a really stupid movie. It is a stupid movie. Well, like, I really... I really. Okay, all right, all right. Why don't you fill in what I miss? How's that? Okay. All right. So, there's some roughnecks on the oil rig. Yeah, you skipped the beginning when the space attacks New York. It's okay. There's some roughnecks <laughs> on an oil rig. And like, it's supposed to be some sort of small business mom and pop oil rig as far as I can tell. And no one believes in OSHA. Oh my gosh. Maritime law applies. Oh, yeah. And no worker safety for you. These roughnecks are the only people that can stop the asteroid that's coming that's really big it's like an unnecessarily big asteroid it's the size of texas it didn't need to be that big for it to be a disaster it just needed to be you know like six miles or something like that but this one's the size of texas (laughs) and all of nasa really can't do anything about it without these roughnecks but also, NASA does kind of have a plan to deal with uh, near-Earth ob- objects, which is f- false. Sorry, guys. Like, if that was coming for it, there's, there is no actual plan to set a nuke off on an asteroid. Like, I mean, maybe there is after this movie came out. Uh, no, they didn't give the budget for that. It's just uh, going to hit us. Uh. Like, they can't even find them in time. <laughs> like, I don't know, every now and then, like, you'll hear, hey, there's a near-Earth object that's going to be coming as close to the Earth as any other object has been. I, I think there was one in, like, 2013. There's been one recently, too. And basically, NASA's just like, let's hope it misses. <laughs> We're not sure well, every may- time. Well, maybe the end of the movie made them sad, and they're like, we couldn't do that to bruce willis sure let's just see what happens all right so big texas is gonna ruin the earth which accurate (laughs) might be the most accurate thing (laughs) in this movie (laughs) and these roughnecks have to go save it coincidentally they were never asked to do that (laughs) they were asked to train the guys that were supposed to go up and he was just like let me get my crew and they went instead yeah and like the 
lead roughneck is Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck is the the young upstart. The young upstart who's making it with his daughter, which for some reason he's like watching them make out secretly at times, which is super creepy. But uh, there's a lot of creep factor. Oh, in there's this movie. so much creep factor. Anyways, they go there should th- not be that many pedophile jokes in a PG-13 movie. Oh, there shouldn't be that many pedophile jokes. Period. Like, <laughs> so they go on like this montage of training to be astronauts. It's like a good thirty-minute montage. I know, I know. It in was a, a montage, a, but it was a significant portion of the movie. This was a two and a half hour movie, oh, so they was... could give a training montage half an hour. Yeah, I hopefully thought that it was the it, half of the movie. I was wrong. It is short in comparison to the rest of it. They're all wildly unfit to be astronauts, and they're like, what are you going to do? Got to send them up there. Let's make some fat jokes. Oh, they make all the fat jokes. And, you know, fat jokes aren't funny, y'all. Well, and there's, like, just, like, quote-unquote funny racism. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it, the, the movie's very, like, yeehaw, America! Oh, we yeah. make the decisions for the world. What you really need is just some regular cowboy types to go make the asteroid go away with their belief in family. And we're not going to tell any of these other countries. Yeah, well, except Russia, who was not represented well, but (laughs) I don't know. They had to stop and refuel at the Russian space station once they did launch these completely underqualified people into space. They stopped off at the Russian space station to refuel to get to the moon, which, as far as I'm aware, never happened in any of the moon missions, so that's interesting. And, of course, the fuel on there, for reasons completely unknown... The whole space station blows up in a routine, like, maintenance problem. Stop. Yeah. For for just no reason. They, like, they lose the space station. They lose... There's two spaceships they use. They lose one of them. Oh, because they decided to land a space shuttle on the surface of the asteroid. Well, you got to if you're going to drill. Like, they didn't even bother... Like, using a lander device, which is what, like, landers are are a thing. You don't land the rocket, because rockets take off vertically, because they're rockets, and... (laughs) Don't Don't bring facts or reason into this. Oh my gosh. Okay, so then they get down there one ship's intact and they get to drilling and but they landed on the wrong part so they gotta drill through iron yeah which of course the roughnecks know but the scientists didn't bother and then the president's like eh they're bad at this let's just blow them up which wouldn't have worked anyway, because the whole point of the mission was like we need to get the nuclear bomb inside the big rock but we'll just like, yeah, just detonate anyway. We already sense it. And then- well, I mean, if they were all dead and you didn't have time to send somebody else up there, I guess you'd 
blow up the bomb in hopes that yeah but they weren't all dead it maybe rocketed <laughs> the thing to earth faster to end your misery but, but they weren't all dead and then evil astronaut is like i brought a gun to space and so then they like have a fist fight over the gun naturally like the amount of like let's just sort of set off fires around oil and explosives oh and canned oxygen yeah no like, like there's no amount of fire like, like, like no like, osha is for wimps yeah i read an article about how they can't even take pencils into space because graphite shavings are too flammable yeah yeah like yeah come on so they're drilling and of course they run into problems because why wouldn't they they ran into problems going to the gas station um <laughs> like, <laughs> And then the three plucky survivors from the doomed other ship come evil knieveling across the landscape um, in this amazing feat where they apparently all collectively forgot how gravity worked on small objects in space, including the actual cosmonaut. So... And they come and they, like, leap over this and go through this also very ridiculous, like, over-the-top action sequence to, like, do an evil Knievel stunt. And then they show up and save the day with the drill. And then there's, like, oh, but we had to break the bomb to get it to stop going off by, like, cutting the red or the blue wire. Or, like, whoa. And then... (laughs) And then, and then, that meant they couldn't remote detonate it anymore, so someone had to stay behind, and Bruce Willis took one for the team. Well, first it was going to be Ben Affleck. Right. And then Bruce Willis was like, actually, you can have sex with my daughter. See ya, son. And, like, trades places. And it's like a whole thing. And then everybody celebrates and there's like another montage of everybody celebrating and like it's it goes across America and everyone's wearing like American flag t-shirts and there are weird little hovels and they're dressed in like 1950s clothing and doing like 1950s child activities like like making like like those little car things Amy, that, uh, it's so stupid this movie was released july 1st 1998 like yes. they were 100% riding the the big commercial rocket that is the 4th of july oh my goodness uh but it actually did not beat deep impact in opening weekend sales yeah but it was the highest grossing movie that year it had a budget of 14 uh, 140 million dollars and it made approximately 550 million dollars all right so america's all rushing out in their usa t-shirts and their weird little like 1950s villages with american flags hanging off of every wall and like because you had time to get the flag out during the purge because by the way while they're up in space it's purge baby <laughs> Yeah. And then the rest of the world is all like really stereotypical, like tribal villages where everybody's like. It wasn't there a shot of Taj Mahal? Yeah. Yeah. But then they did like 
the Middle East and it was very like everybody was barefoot type of stuff. Yeah, no, no. Like, this movie is 100% like America's the only place worth knowing about. And like an asteroid hit a part of China that looked like it was in the 1800s for reasons. Except there were lights. But everybody was dressed like they were not, you know, yeah. modern Chinese people. Yeah. And it might not have even been China. It was just somewhere in Asia. Yeah. No, the the movie's got problems. Oh, I like the reasons to hate this movie just would not stop coming. And this is my favorite genre of movie. Absolute number one favorite kind yeah. of movie. It, it's like a, if I want to have a sci-fi disaster, a flick. comfort movie, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a disaster flick. Mm-hmm. And I love them so much. I love them for their cheesiness. I love them for their, you know, marginal relationship with science. But, you know, a good disaster movie will have at least some grounding in science to where they'll either say, this is a really rare phenomenon, and then go off from there. Or they will announce that whatever's happening here is so incredibly unbelievable that science has never seen anything like it before and we're in new territory. And then that's the reason science doesn't work for the movie. Armageddon failed to do that. Well, so Amy, actually, I you know I read through Wikipedia, which is the best research I've ever done ever on anything. Um, I only put in the most effort for this podcast. Well, that's how you got through law school, right? Wikipedia? I actually was a research assistant in law school. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I don't get paid to do this, so I do what I want. Um, at In the end credits, there's a disclaimer that says, The National Aeronautics and Space Administration's cooperation and assistance does not reflect an endorsement of the contents of the film or the treatment of the characters depicted, depicted therein. Well, no. So they, they felt the need to put a disclaimer at the end. I mean, NASA was portrayed as wholly incompetent in, like, engineering, building things. And... (sighs) Okay, so here's another thing. This movie has a very stupid premise, right? This is sort of, like, pop culture internet fun fact that a lot of people who are, like... If you've heard of Armageddon, you've probably heard about this. But in the commentary track for the movie, Ben Affleck's talking about it, right? And he says, he asked Michael, this is a quote, why it was easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to become oil drillers. And he told me to shut the fuck up. So that was the end of that talk. (laughs) (laughs) Even the people making the movie are like, you sure about this? <laughs> oh my gosh. So this is just this in a nutshell is kind of what the culture is right now, I feel. Oh yeah. In our country. Oh yeah. Fend like f- fend for yourself. We're supreme. No one else matters. Um the working stiff is um, more competent 
at science than scientists. Yep, yep. Like, he's like, you built the drill wrong. This is my drill, you NASA idiots. Which I am all for working class pride. Mm-hmm. That is, like, I am here for that. But but the, the, but, th- but it's a pride in, like, what you do and your, the value that you add and recognizing that other people have developed their skills in other places. Yeah. Like, no, like, like in this in this movie... NASA engineers can't read a patent. Yeah. Or having read a patent that was maybe incorrectly written, Mm -hmm. uh, put together a machine that didn't like rub the pistons together. Like, well, and I I think that's what it was like. And the pistons are rubbing together. It's like, well, they put the, they put the drill bit on backwards. (laughs) That's what it was. Um, And then, the, part of the big NASA training montage is just these drill guys going through like the spaceships and space car and gutting them. Yeah. Like you've got all this extra useless crap. Are our tax dollars going towards this? Yeah. Like it was super cool. It was super cool. And, and just the message that it gives too. Uh, I read a really interesting review talking about how um, Bruce Willis was definitely the primary hero of this movie. He he run a, he he won a Razzie for worst actor. I don't think that's fair. It was a bad role. It was a bad but role. But Bruce Willis I is mean, still delightful. He is. But I wanted to put that little fact out there. I think it's funny. So the the this was a really interesting observation to me. It was that Bruce Willis does not sacrifice himself to save the world he sacrifices himself to save his daughter this is love interest no Um, his whole the whole mission was to make sure his daughter's life was good yeah but he could he could have left ben on that rock and achieved the same result yes except for the fact that his daughter would have been unhappy Can we talk about Liv Tyler's character in this movie? Yeah, why not? I mean, of all things in this movie, though, that was the least noticeable to me. It was, it was, well, here's the thing. I was looking for Michael Bay-isms, right? Yes. Like, the the explosions are big in your face. But also, like, Liv Tyler, I think, is a beautiful person to look at. And from the little I know about her, she seems like a nice lady. This movie is straight up just like, like, there's an entire scene where her body is like a platter. <laughs> um, the animal crackers. The scene. animal crackers scene. It's like, I'm going to put an animal cracker in your underwear and it's going to be so sexy. When you say <laughs> that scene out loud, it is actually more disturbing than watching it, I think. No, it was disturbing for me to watch. Um Especially next to a 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah. It's disturbing. Um, it's like, the animal cracker is going to bounce on your titty now because sexy. <laughs> um, Stop and- making that face. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, her character in this movie is basically running an oil company. Speaks... At a minimum, two languages. 
seems highly competent, and then spends two hours of the two and a half hour movie just sort of sitting at NASA being like, oh no, what if my daddy dies? So that was cool. Um, well, at one point, she says she has nowhere else to go as though she lives at NASA. Yeah. No, th- like, th- they're like, we got Liv Tyler. Awesome. Not going to do anything with that. Like, she's fantastic in Lord of the Rings. She's fantastic in that thing you do. I haven't seen her in anything else. <laughs> but I know she's a good actress. And they're just like, no, 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 no. Just sort of be sexy and emotional. That's all we need. Yeah. Which she does well enough, but still. Like, like this is a... This is like a... I, I was saying earlier... It's like the plat- platonic ideal of a Michael Bay movie. It's It has all the components of Transformers. You got working class stiff kind of a deal. You got um, underqualified white guy who saves the day. You got the weird racist fat phobic jokes. You got the big space speediers. <laughs> Right? Like the Transformers come down from space and blow stuff up. Um, dealing with government agencies where the, the white guy in a suit is, or maybe not white. The white guy, no, English. The guy in a suit, the authority figure, is just sort of a hard ass. Um, and then the talented female actor who is just there to look pretty. And explosions. Like, platonic ideal of a Michael Bay movie here. It's just such garbage. It is. Can I Can I read reviews? I have two reviews I've hand-selected. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first is from Roger Ebert, who said, The movie is an assault on the eyes, and the ears... The brain, common sense, and the human desire to be entertained. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was looking at, I was trying to look up some information on Letterboxd and saw a wonderful review from Matt, (laughs) who gave it a star and a half and said, this film gave me space dementia. (laughs) Also, there are a lot of Aerosmith songs in this thing. Like, a lot. (laughs) And I feel like those two reviews are pretty representative. I've really had to kind of be mindful of not calling the movie Aerosmith. She did that of Armageddon. I keep calling it Aerosmith. She's done it at least six times since we recorded the intro. Yeah, I keep calling it Aerosmith. So do you know, you know the connection, right? Um, what, I mean... Other than like half the soundtrack is Aerosmith and Liv Tyler is Steven Tyler's daughter. Okay, but do you know like the whole story with that? It's a story. Okay. My family was a fan of this movie, so I've been hearing this story for at least 10 years. Okay. Okay. I've probably heard this story. Okay. Okay. So she was born Liv Rundgren. Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, Todd Rundgren raised her as her as his daughter yes like he signed the birth certificate mm-hmm. and everything like fu- was like 
total dad paid for yep. her education and everything when she's 10 or 11 she's around um steven tyler and meets his other daughter and is like hmm we share a resemblance brings it up with her mom who's like oh yeah he is your dad and todd rundgren was the acting father figure because that was the relationship that her mom was actually in not it was at the time she was born it was on and off yeah. again uh but todd rundgren was actually father material where steven tyler was not yes but she seems to have a good relationship with both of them yes she did change her last name to tyler but she kept rundgren as a middle name um and i, I just like imagine being in that situation like you're 10 or 11 and you're like hey is that my dad and it's like yeah that would be bizarre <laughs> um yeah also i looked at her wiki page to just get the details of that story right she has adhd okay fun fact for me okay and also relevant she tested positive for covid19 new year's eve and like was bedridden for 10 days and seems to actually be a decent person about it and like trying to keep people safe and so it's worth checking out the story with that so well um you know the cast was actually delightful although except for the characters they had to play yes who were like like i said way too many pedophile jokes oh steve Buscemi's character was um just threatening wrong threatening and watching it though like in the 90s that was just kind of like the steve like that didn't really seem like that not steve Buscemi to me and it was like i wonder how much like of this crap we all internalized because mm-hmm. these were big box office hits mm-hmm. um because it does like glorify some really bad behavior like every time his character or has, or pass it off as no big deal and funny yeah every time his character has an interaction with some kind of law enforcement or government person or whatever he's he's like turns to the woman next to him and is like how old are you and like there's jokes about him and his friends like Bruce Willis's daughter live and like some stuff that may have happened or whatever when she was 13 and it's like yo this is hella creepy oh insanely creepy uh and just wrong yeah yeah so again Michael Bay though yeah like totally in, in keeping in comparison Deep at Impact came out that same year mm-hmm. A little bit earlier than Armageddon and was also about this um, a large space object crashing into the earth. Yeah. And and so many people in STEM were like, uh, hey, these two movies, while comparable, are not to be compared. <laughs> like Deep Impact is a movie movie. This other thing uh, no, uh, I I had the pleasure of rewatching Deep Impact the other day because I just love disaster movies, and that was one of my uh, first and favorite. Maybe Independence Day mm-hmm. uh, before Deep Impact, but a Deep Impact, big love of mine. And Deep Impact, by comparison, they know they're gonna get hit 
a year in advance. Mm. This was 18 days. Yeah. And in that 18 days, Ben Affleck's character manages to buy his own he does oil it, rig. He does it in the space of a 24 day. 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. Like, this movie was real concerned with um, nothing. Yeah, no, nothing. And the characters, you also had regular people, working class people, being really heroic in ways that were selfless to their community. Wait, was and that the one with, like, the found footage? I don't know. Where they're, like, in the bunkers? I don't know. I've... Well, talking about Deep Impact, you watched a disaster movie recently, and I was present for it, and it was, like, common folk, and, like, they're trapped in the bunker, and it's on fire, and... Um, was it Greenland? No, 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 it wasn't Greenland. And, like, this was an older movie than okay. Greenland, and it was, um, and, like, the government's trying to coordinate, like where the people have to walk to for aid. Oh, no, that was the volcano one. Dante's Peak? I think so. Okay. Volcano. Sorry. Yes. Also a movie that I enjoyed, but Deep Impact was showing selfless acts and people protecting each other's children and people, um, you know sometimes acting wrongly and and uh you know not community oriented and some people choosing to just die and you know it was just a really good i really liked that movie and then armageddon is just garbage and the fact that both of those movies came out at the same time, what I really wanted to find was which movie was actually starting production first and who poached who. I, it's my understanding, based on reading the Wikipedia article and skipping over that portion and sort of remembering what the words on the page looked like, um, I think Disney poached Deep Impact. Well... I mean, my instinct would say that Armageddon poached Deep Impact because Deep Impact has a thoughtful well, storyline. Well, like when I say Disney, I mean Armageddon. Cause right, like right, right. Yeah, I know. Production relations. Um, but Deep Impact had a mature storyline and was released before mm-hmm. this just poorly thought out. Mm-hmm. No. It's just a big old nope. Yeah. Like I've I've I don't know how many times I've watched this movie. And I can tell you for a fact, the first time I watched it as a little kid, the 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 end montage with the wedding and like the photos set up on the chairs of the dead people who like can't be there for the wedding and the Aerosmith I don't wanna close my eyes song. I was like reduced to tears as a seven year old <laughs> over that. <laughs> Maybe well, I was eight. But that that gets to it. Like, it is propaganda. 100%. It's 100%. just propaganda. It's American exceptionalism. That's what he does. It's That's what he does. Platonic ideal. It is um, promoting the idea that, you know, 
the people who are trained to actually handle things are incompetent and that the people who have no training have to save the day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's a big nope. This- I mean, this is... This just seemed like a big giant, like he should have, the next movie should have been an anti-vaxxer movie. Yeah. I was going like, to raise it, that comparison. It, it's that level of like yeah, mm-hmm. misplaced faith. Mm-hmm. No, it's bad. It's bad. All right. Do you want to give your Uber rating? How about you go first? I feel like I usually go first. Ugh. Yeah. No redeeming qualities. Wait a minute. There was something I needed to say something nice about it. Yeah, this and, is a goal you have. And there was one thing that I was like, oh, that was nice. Liv Tyler is really pretty. <sighs> which she, is, which is. She does nothing in this movie, though. I know. Like, I'm just saying. I enjoy her. Um, uh, Billy Bob Thornton was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, space dementia space dementia yeah <laughs> Steve Buscemi's character gets space dementia and is like no I want to blow up with the asteroid <laughs> please someone give me the big jobs uh, and I do like I do like big explosions there's so many yeah like, like a good third that, of this it, movie is explosions the physics were so stupid that like I mean, most movie physics are stupid. No, like the the ten year old Felix was calling out, like, "You can't do that with rockets." I know. <laughs> like, if the ten year old's calling you out on your physics, yeah, he's like, "They'll blow up if you do that." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess it was just Billy Bob that I liked. Well, and- you don't seem mad at Bruce. No, but I don't get as excited. Uh, like, Billy Bob's more of the rare treat, especially in a movie that I was comfortable watching with my kid. Yeah. Because yeah. Felix spent a day hanging out with Billy Bob Thornton one day on accident. Yeah. But had no clue who he was because he can't see any Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> well, vehicles. And, and we spent a good, like, the first 10 minutes of the movie just, like, being, no, that one on screen right now is Billy Bob. And he's like... Are you sure? And it's like, you don't even recognize him, kid? Well, he was 20 years younger. Still, like, he's, he's, he's pretty distinctive as far as actors go. Yes, but he didn't know him as a famous person. He knew him as just, like, a guy that was in the record store. So what it was was that Felix went up to work with my husband and went and tried to, like, hide and play on the Nintendo Switch which was apparently exactly what Billy Bob was thinking. <laughs> and so they both wind up like in a in a back room playing like Mario. And Felix is like video game hipstering Billy Bob Thornton for like two hours or three like, hours or uh, something. Do you know who Yoshi is? <laughs> it was like, uh, have you ever heard of the original Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> And apparently this was, like, quite memorable because my husband went and got autographs after their show that night because he was on tour with his band. And the band was like, are you that kid's dad? (laughs) 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 He was telling us all about Nintendo. Yeah. So we're just pointing out to Felix, like, 
That's you've met him. You've That's met the him. guy that you were playing video games with that one day that yeah. we all thought was hilarious that you spent a day playing video games with Billy Bob yeah. Thornton. And it took a good 10 minutes to identify, no, that man on the screen right <laughs> now. he had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. Like, I had a good time watching this. Yeah. So what's your Ubrick? Give it to me. Come on. If I could sneeze on command. <laughs> I feel like that would be the sound. Actually. Well, give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Just like an involuntary physical reaction. (laughs) Like needing to expel the foreign object. (laughs) At a high velocity. Okay. All right. Well, just want to remind you, we are professionals. Don't Don't watch watch these these at at home. home. (laughs) 